Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Ag Market Network, our monthly cotton teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy. We want to welcome everyone here. Uh, first, we want to acknowledge and thank our sponsors, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed, for bringing this program and our other programs to you. We're very, very appreciative of everything they do for us in making this possible. We want to thank all our speakers that are with us today. We want to thank our lead speaker today, Kip Butts, for being with us and leading us. Kip, thanks for kicking us off today. Thank you very much, Pat. Hello, everyone. I um, think what we need to do today is just talk about the report we got yesterday. I want to briefly go over that, and I'd like to get from the panelists some, uh, some of their thoughts on the impact of this as well. Um, and the WASDE report, uh, and well, let's start with the NAS first. The U.S. production was quite honestly a, a Quite different than I expected. We were looking for, our shop was looking for the southeast to be down, which it was. But what we did not expect is a 300,000 bale increase in Texas. So uh, that crop actually turned out the U.S. was 180,000 bales larger than it was in November. And, uh, and as I say, the surprise, at least uh, for me, was the Texas number. I, we expected it to be unchanged, perhaps. If, if there was a change, we thought it might be down just a, sh a freckle from where it was. So... So that was quite surprising to us. In the world numbers, uh, the thing that got the market's attention, I think, was the uh, ending stocks were up about 580,000 bales. Mill use was down 1.25 million to 125.6, and production dropped 650,000 uh, to just under 119,000 bales, 118.74 uh, million. Notable changes in this report were India production was dropped a half million bales to 27.5 million. Uh, quite honestly, uh, the folks we have in India that we're talking with now, uh, we had been at 27 for quite some time. We dropped it just this week to 26. Uh, the expectation there is that we're, uh, we're going to see a much smaller crop than at least uh, was thought about early on. And at the same time, uh, the USDA increased India imports 100,000, uh, but actually increased their exports 100,000 as well. Uh, so their ending stocks were uh, down about a half a million bales, which was the production drop. Uh, China also saw a decline of a half a million bales to 27 million. Pakistan was dropped 600,000. Uh, also, China mill use dropped a million bales. Uh, their ending stocks. Uh, were increased just modestly because of these changes. Uh, so, little smaller changes in a few other places. We had uh, Pakistan's mill use went down 200,000. Turkey's mill use went down 200,000. But uh, but Brazil's production actually did go up a million from 10 million to 11 million bales, and their exports were increased 300,000 bales as a uh, as a consequence. There were a lot of changes in this. The market perceived it quickly as bearish, I think, because of the larger ending stocks and the decline in mill use, uh, global mill use. But there really, to me, there just wasn't really a whole lot here. Uh, 580,000 bales is really a, a minimal change. If you look at the stocks to use ratios outside the U.S., pulling China out, that was a little change from 47.4 to 47.5. So uh, although the market fell quickly on it, it came back quickly. So I think in, in the end of the day, this report, a few mixes and matches in, in some pretty significant countries. But uh, 
really not much in this report, I think, to really impact prices. So, uh, I mean, that's sort of my summary of what I saw in that report yesterday. If I've missed anything, please, fellas, uh, help me out. Uh, other than that, I think uh, I want to open this up to get anybody's thoughts on this report. Did uh, anybody see anything or, or have a, a um, kind of a thought different than what I had on it? My conclusions was uh, pretty much the same. I was actually, when the report came out, I was standing in front of a group of growers down in the coastal bend, so we were we had people monitoring and the first thing you know the market didn't really it, the market reaction was kind of muted i saw the market reaction before i saw the numbers but you know it seemed to me they're very neutral looking just the month over month change you know i wouldn't have expected much in reaction to that change in numbers oh wait what did you Jeff, i would wholeheartedly agree with everything you said there i would expound on one thing though you did cover it the India situation, as you indicated, that uh, your house's numbers are even down lower than that. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It seems like you might have said 26, but I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, India itself is claiming that crop is going to be down as low as 25 million bales. And, uh, again, traveling, so I don't have my numbers. I'm having to go by that old, old memory shot. Uh, USDA was 27 and a half or 27. Uh, 27.5. 27.5, okay. So I think most of the trade probably thinks it's down at least another million bales, and uh, a rep representative number think it to feel that that crop is even down 2 million bales from where USDA has it uh, without much difficulty. So I think we've still got some bullishness to come out of the uh, the size, smaller size uh, of the USD uh, than the USDA estimate. Some people say it'll be the smallest crop in ten years. But go ahead, thank you. I was just expounding on something that well, you already covered. Well, I think it's a very good point. I think the Indian uh, Indian crop we we've seen starting to seize them buy some U.S. cotton. I think they're going to have to go out in the international market and buy more cotton. Uh, simply because their crop's going to be down so far. We've got their mill use, uh, USDA, excuse me, has a mill use at 25,300. So if we take that crop down to 25, and there's been the argument for a long period of time that their stocks are have been overstated, we may be in a situation where they have to come to the world market a little bit more than people thought a month or two ago. Uh, and I find it interesting that USDA increased their exports uh, clearly, they're not seeing the same sort of thing away that you and I are. But uh, if the history has shown that if they get in a spot where their domestic industry is uh, kind of in trouble, they'll just shut off exports, uh, and that could be quite uh, have quite an impact on the world market. I, I'm not going to say they're going to do that. It's just something we have to be cognizant of. They've done it in the past, so. I think there could be some pretty far-reaching effects on this uh, if that crop turns out to be as low as 25, 25 and a half, which I'm not going to argue about. At 26, we we discussed it here, and I said, well, you know, we got time; we can drop it again if we have to. That's my bias, but but 26 at least lets people know that we're seeing uh, some real problems in that production level. Does that make sense as far as uh, trying to evaluate what the impact might be? Does anybody think I might be off the mark? No, and I think, uh, Kip, I think I think our market's trying to tell us something here. You, you know, it was 
initially perceived as a little bit negative. It, it went down and then recovered quite nicely. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, I, I just don't see this thing breaking down anytime soon unless uh, unless you get some negative news out of the, the whole China-U.S. you know trade relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've been very impressed with the way the, way the market has held up. Um, in times of uncertainty, people typically just want to uh, oftentimes just get out of the market, and, and we haven't seen that. This market has not broken down. It's uh, Now, it's not we're not rallying like crazy. That's not what I mean, but I've been impressed that it's held these levels and uh, hasn't really shown a whole lot of weakness. I, I think at this point uh, it's going to take an event to have this thing break down, and if we talk about the the numbers here, uh, I just don't, uh, even though we did drop the mill use uh, a million and a, and a quarter uh, globally, we're still up 2% from last year uh, on these estimates, USDA's estimates. So it's not like we're uh, like we're falling out of bed here. I just don't see that where the prices are going to go down much anyway. Um, That's a good comment, Kip. I remember last month when we went around and gave our price forecast, I think, uh, I believe we were down probably around 78 cents or so. The market was or even 77 cents. And it uh, The market had been struggling, and uh, I think the first of us made a comment that the market could get into the uh, around 80 cents or the low 80s. And then another one said, maybe Gerald said, no, nah, he thinks he sees it going as high as 83 cents or so in mid-80s. And uh, the rest of us just were kind of sucking wind. <laughs> thinking, man, will this market ever do anything? And we got concerned that it was going to go lower. But I think without question, our consensus was we're going back to the 80s. And uh, that was uh, that was in the dark days. And I don't mind claiming it. My, I eventually even worked down and had people start selling cotton at 78 cents again. Uh, but with the caution that I did think it had potential to move higher. So, you know, this market has come back. It's been very resilient. It's not it's it's been much stronger than we thought on several occasions. And we certainly know uh the tariff were much like America Burnett, we just uh uh somebody's pulling those puppet strings and the market's just going every time the word tariff is used. But it, it's shown as uh, I think you just said so much resilience. It's it's, it's hard to hard to kick this market. Thank you, go ahead. Well, let me let me just let me just ask this question because this is what it seems like so much in the news is the negotiations with China, the meeting in Argentina, and then the confusion since then. I mean, does anybody have any news or feel, or have you heard anything about any business taking place yet? Because they're they're indicating that that we're going to see it, but does anybody know if 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 anything's starting to pick up any? I'm not hearing anything about uh, you're, you're specifically talking about China, I presume. Yes, I have not heard that they have bought anything. I'm, I'm sort of in the same uh, vein that you've talked about. I, I hear things and I try to get confirmation. I'm not getting it, so I don't know. We may have done some business, but I'm just not aware of it. Gerald, you may be in a position where you are, uh, or John, y'all might have information I don't have. You know, the uh, what I've heard is, you know, there have been talk. There was certainly a Bloomberg story out, I guess, the other day, or Reuters, I don't remember which, but uh, so that the State Reserve was looking at uh, purchasing 5 to 8 million tons of soybeans. 
and possibly reducing uh, or rebating the, the tariff increase uh, for commercial traders on another 2 million tons of soybeans. Um, haven't heard anything on any other commodity. There was something positive on cars just the other day in the business yeah. press. Yeah, but not on ag commodities, I agree, Ivan. The, well, the only indicator I've seen is that the hedge funds increased their net long position in the last report a week ago, uh, right. which might kind of confirm the at least they're feeling like the bottom's not going to fall out. Uh, they're inching back. Well, this way. week's export sales report will be the first formal week we've had since yeah. the negotiations occurred, so that'll yeah. give us a clue, but uh, certainly not today on it's just add the confusion on the soybeans uh, that Jerry was talking about a moment ago. I saw that article as well, but I guess maybe just a few hours later, I started getting phone calls, people saying, well, they had heard their Chinese counterparts tell them that, oh, yeah, but that may be all new crop. <laughs> so that kind of, I'm not sure. There's been some question in this 90-day period, can we get the beans in position to actually get it there uh, if they bought last week? Uh, which we haven't heard, to actually get it there in that 90-day window. I think there's, to the point made earlier, there's just an awful lot of confusion in this, and, and I don't get a whole lot of, of confirmation on what's really, one, what's, what has been negotiated and how exactly it's done, or if there have been any business as a consequence. I'm, I'm just, I'm still in kind of no man's land on that. Well, I think everybody is, Kip, and that probably explains why this market seems to be going nowhere fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the good thing about it is it's not going down fast. I'm encouraged that, yes. we, uh, that, that mm -hmm. demand is still good out there. Uh, you know, the biggest, I think, uh, red herring or problem we've had in, in this current market is we sold so much ahead that people complain each week, oh, sales were bad. Well, yeah, but... They don't have to be that great. We did fall off a little bit. We're a little behind last year. I think we're 1% behind last year's uh, total commitments after last week's report. Uh, but, you know, this is, I think, the third highest uh, commitments since 1979. So, Yeah, last year was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, market, <laughs> the market's sitting at 80 cents, and we've just, just eased past peak harvest. Uh, in the northern hemisphere, so something must be good, something must be right uh, for this time of year. Yes, I agree. Well, look, guys, I've, I put out uh, the invitation for people that listen to give us questions, and we've gotten quite a few here. If y'all don't mind, I'll, I'll give you a few of these questions, and, and this one's just for laughs, I guess, but the first question that came out is, what the hell is going on in the market? Uh, I, I think we're all struggling with that. Uh, uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, the, uh, and this is like... Uh, Excuse me, on that, on that question, I, I want to make a comment. We talked about this just earlier, uh, before we were on the air. In, in time, we, what we've been talking about just the last few minutes is a lot of confusion and uncertainty regarding the tariffs and, and, and what might go on in India, at least from my perspective, my little talk on potential uh, export changes or trade flow changes. Anytime we get in a situation where there's this much uncertainty, 
we, the market tends to be pretty volatile. We, we can have big moves, big interday moves, because there's just the ability for the market to respond inaccurately uh, with a price response to any information increases with uncertainty. So I think some of this volatility we're seeing and the person's comment, the hell's going on with this market, I think in fact it is that there's a lot of uncertainty and we may have some of this, uh, what I'm going to call robo-trading involved in this, and that exacerbates moves against what we would think would be underlying fundamentals. And that, that can go on for a while. So uh, I think that's part of what we're seeing is this two new kind of market trading that's that's moving prices more than they would have otherwise. So that's a partial answer. I don't know if it's entirely accurate, but at least it's an explanation, I think. Uh, here, here's another question uh, from a farmer from in West Texas. If you were a producer with cotton to sell, would you hold it longer? Uh, he is only being offered 71 cents for 53-cent loan cotton. Anybody want to comment on that? Sounds like a giant. Uh, it's, it's, it's I don't really know, see the value. <laughs> I mean, I, I could I could tell a story why I might expect a little volatility in, uh, you know, from the commitment of traders data. You know, I I, I might see a, expect some fireworks in some of those old crop contracts, but I wouldn't I wouldn't pay to store cotton to wait for that opportunity. I, I wouldn't do that. So what's the grade and staple of this 53 cent stuff? Uh, well, I'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it might be 53 cent loan cotton, but you don't really know <laughs> what's making it up. If it's a 41, you know, or 42.37, you know, that that might be the best <laughs> offer you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's 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 the point. And if it's it's 36 staple or below. Uh, and and even 45, it's uh, it's going to take a hit. The market doesn't. I mean, the market will take it, but it's going to take it like cheap wine. It's going to take it at a price. It'll love it <laughs> at a price, but uh, at, at at 80 cents, it's uh, uh, it, it's not that valuable. Strict low, middle, and inch and 16, uh, 41.34 uh, is it's not that valuable to the market. There's so much of it. Yeah, well, uh, more of it this year than than normal. Right. I, we'll wait and hear what he has to say. I'm looking. I hadn't gotten a follow up for that or not, but I we'll we'll see if he says something. Uh, here's another one. What's the best way to hedge 2019 December crop? Uh, yeah. Well, any any thoughts on that? Well, you know, right now, looking at affordable hedging opportunities, it, it's it's not that great of an opportunity. We need a rally. We need we need uh, we need people to act quickly if December nineteen rallies up towards an over eighty cents, and then and then we'd be back in a position the way we were with December eighteen back in April, May, and June when you know you could meaningfully hedge. Um, a, a, something higher than your cost of production, but we're not. The market's not giving you that right now. So the only alternative is is looking at contracting opportunities. John, I'm not sure I heard you right. Are you saying that 
the market is not covering cost of production today? I, you know, OA, what I'm saying is if you look at, you know, spending like three, this is an example, spending three cents on a 75 put, that pencils out to a, you know, to a hedged minimum cash price that's in the mid-60s probably, which, you know, I don't know that, I wouldn't pay for that. I would, I would be waiting for a rally to either be able to hedge a, a higher strike price or pay less for the strike price I was previously looking at. Okay. If you're trying to cover 75 cents a pound, you can't do it right now. Right. Well, if, I mean, if we're looking at our cost of production at 75 cents a pound, we need to take our program to India or somewhere where it doesn't cost that much to grow cotton. We, I mean, 75 cents a pound is not going to get covered two, three years out of ten. Uh, yeah, this may be the year, and we're looking true. at some, we're looking at some uh, uh, early indications that we're going to have some terrific acreage planting this year. And I know you, I know you were you aware of that you talked about it, but so uh, yeah. And I am always a little early when I pull the trigger. I, that's a that's a historic comment I'll make on myself. But uh, I'm worried about deck nineteen. Uh, I think March to July is going, or March and May are going to carry it a little bit. But come the May contract, we're going to start talking more and more about. Uh, while May is strong, we're getting a divergence, and and deck becomes weaker because of the potential of the crop size. Uh, and again, John, you actually turned me on to this a couple of months ago, or the potential for it. So I'm not, I'm not. Not challenging your numbers there. Uh, it's uh, I, I just am personally worried about how big this 19 crops going can be, given the, the economists' favorite saying saying other things being equal. Yeah, yeah, I, I I worry about it too. You know, I think back to 14 when the indicators were we could have a big crop and weaker prices, and it really didn't happen until the May WASD came out, and it's like seeing the numbers in print <laughs> triggered it, you know. Maybe it stimulated speculative selling. I don't know. but So, I mean, yeah, you get, March 31 report comes out or the May WASD comes out, or, you know, or the June. There's there's things that might trigger this in the first part of the year, and, and we could have more weakness than we've seen in a while. You know, I guess we need to look, at, and, and to OA's point, this is kind of a moving target. Uh, November soybeans are trading right now at nine sixty-five and a half. What, what's what's break even? Ten dollars. So that's not that far away. And we've got December corn trading at four oh four. Some people would argue that's pretty close, uh, close to break even. And, and so I, I, you know, as far as acres go and increased acres for cotton, that to be determined uh, based upon what these other markets are doing. Uh, but right now, cotton is down 8 at 79.94. It gets above 80, but it just doesn't seem to want to be able to hold on. But these other markets, especially beans, are starting to look like, technically anyway, they're starting to build, a, build some pretty decent support, especially after yesterday's report came out. Uh, well, everybody wants to hear this, guys. They want to know what do we think the market's going to do. So I want to start with Kip. Kip, tell me 
how high can we go, how low can we go in December cotton? Well, in old crop and your thoughts on new crop. Well, the uh, in current crop, I, I think we're going to see part of what we've seen right now, just sort of a, I'm not going to say a dull market, but a well-supported market. Uh, we can take this thing back down to maybe 74 cents or so, but I don't think it's going to hold long there, only because of what it's already done. The top end of this market, I think there's, a, although uh, O.A. said it earlier, there's still, we're at the peak of the, har of the northern hemisphere harvest, but there's still bales to be counted. I think that the, the market could go up to the mid-80s uh, mid easily, uh, depending on how much cotton we lose in Pakistan, uh, excuse me, not Pakistan, India. I think the market could go higher than that. Now, the problem is all this uncertainty we've got about <clears throat> mill use and is there going to be a global recession. I hear all that talk, but I don't see the numbers yet for that. So I'm um, I'm thinking we're going to take the market around 74, 75 cents for the low. All right, give me a penny more down downside. But mid-80s is not a problem. That's the range I'm looking at right now for current crop. New crop, I'm... Uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think. I believe we probably will see 80 cents again. I do think it's going to be short-lived, though, because uh, of what we've already talked about. Uh, O.A. said he's concerned that this crop, we could get a lot of area. So am I. So uh, I think if we see that 80 cents, which I believe we will, I don't think it's going to be there long because uh, I know I'm telling all my guys, if you see 80 cents, let's get hedged up uh, and get on with it. So those are my, my thoughts today. I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> John, what about you? Well, I think last month I said uh, 75, 85, just with extreme possibilities, giving us the extremes, I, I would hold with that. And and I kind of agree with, with I, I think I'd say 80, 81 on the new crop, 81 down to 64 or something. I, I, I'm I'm really worried about the downside. Okay, say that again. That that last number you said was what? 81 to 64, <laughs> December 19. I want to make sure my phone was working. Okay, mid 60s, mid 60s. If we mid 60s have, if we to have, low to low 80, 80, 81. Okay. Yeah. That kind of brutal honesty yeah. is kind of difficult to handle sometimes, John. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Gerald, what are your thoughts? Oh gosh, I don't have any uh, real thoughts that are significantly different than what anybody else has said so far. The uh, um, I think 83 and a half short term for the, for the nearby contract it, we've got a shot at, and if we can get to 83 and a half and 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 not collapse, then then yeah, we've got a shot for 85 plus. Um, on the downside, you know, <clears throat> I, I was thinking that 73 cents was going to be uh, a, you know a move in this market just to just to move some inventory, but uh, you know it just looks it looks. This thing is just holding up a lot better than I thought it would. So, you know, maybe 75 to 77 cents is, is the low end. As far as new crop, um, gosh, that's, a, that's just such a crapshoot. You're going you're gonna to need old crop or current crop to get up into the mid-80s to, to drag new crop up into the low 80s. And, and so, yeah, I would agree that we could see 80 to 81 cents on, on new crop. As far as the downside, um, I, that remains to be seen. You know, we'll, we'll get a planning report out of the National Cotton Council in early February. We'll see a you know end of March planning, planning intentions, um, 
and uh, I'm not sure that we'll need to wait for the end of May. Once we see planning intentions out of USDA at the end of March, uh, I think that's going to start scaring scaring people. Um, so, um, you know, I could see the mid-60s, but uh, this thing has been incredibly resilient. So I, I would say, uh, um, you know, maybe 68 cents on, on the downside on new crop. All right. Oh, what are you thinking? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with Kip. I reserve the right to change his opinion as well. Uh, the uh, idea is, uh, I, 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 you guys covered. I mean, I, I, I nit, nitpick fifty points on the both the bottom and the top, but that's about it. Seventy-five cents, to eighty-four cents, uh, and and nitpick fifty points around that. Uh, the thing that uh, I, I forget who said it, uh, the, the old crop is going to have to carry deck above eighty cents. I don't think deck can do it on its own. I would be surprised if Oprah did not do that uh, to take deck up to that, that that shot. But come January, we'll start getting uh, the magazine acreage estimates, and then we'll get the USDA, the excuse me, the Cotton Council estimate around the first week in February. Or so, uh, and and uh, of course, uh, Kip's group has a monthly estimate that they come out with, and I, I'm just very leery of these uh, these. Uh, uh, production estimates, plant, planted acreage estimates for the coming year. But looking at the world scene, we've dropped the world carryover, arguably whatever number you want to use, to 70 million bales. Maybe it's 72 million or whatever. Uh, but by the time we factor the India crop down, uh, our world carryover might come out to be 69 in this season. So as as I become bearish on, on the new crop, I do have to remember that uh, – we could very easily a year from now be looking at carry over down 65 million bales, 64 million bales, and then all of a sudden you get some price support uh, from, from the carryover level. We've, we've dealt with 100 million bale carryovers and 90 million and 80 million, uh, and just year after year they're coming down. So we're finally solving that Chinese carryover situation. Not totally done, but the Chinese will be back this year buying cotton to put in, buying U.S. cotton to put in their reserve, assuming we have the the, uh, the, the, the uh, quality they need, and I think that will be available to them. But uh, I, I want to get bearish on this new crop size, but at the same time, I think about world carryover coming down. So, But what the, what the guy said, I mean, I, I just completely agree with. I'm going to play devil's advocate for just a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. All four of us uh, are seeing a larger... Uh, kind of, uh, we're fearful that the cotton acreage could go up significantly, uh, or at least some. Uh, what are the factors that would tell us that's not going to happen? Because what I get worried about is we're all on the same side of the boat that things sort of tips a little bit. I'm wondering what factors out here would tell us that, that we're not going to see that large cotton acreage. What 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 are the prices or uh, the commodities going to do to tell us that? Where it could be very wrong, I guess. Uh, well, a lot of well, this type in increased acreage is coming from the fact that uh, the idea that we think there's going to be a lot of soybean acreage in the mid-south and southeast, both, uh, that, that that will go to the cotton and come out. Comments like, well, I've not had any cotton in five years, but I didn't sell my picker. I'm going to plant half my land in cotton this year, get back to it. 
uh, and and that's that's not a an isolated report. That's uh, that that's more often than not the the reports you see. People are talking about the biggest the concern they have in planting cotton is do we have enough gin capacity? Uh, and also they throw in can I get it picked for those that don't have access to pickers? Custom harvest is tight, ginning capacity is tight. And then in my world, the uh, just the relationship of cotton planted acres to corn price, corn cotton price ratio, still historically suggests that we'd be planting, you know, between 13 and 14, that we wouldn't lose anything from what we did last year. I look at uh, soybeans. Uh, let's see, November beans are at 964 right now. Um, I think is that a good price for for, for soybean farmers? Not yet. Uh, look at that level. N- not yet, but you know we're we're within reach. Uh, <clears throat> ten, ten, I think most farmers would tell you they have to have at least ten dollars, ten okay. ten twenty something like that. Uh, okay. But it, it's uh, compare that to old crop beans at nine twenty. Uh, so I mean it's it's not there, but it's it's it's. It's moving up toward there, or hopefully it can get there. Yeah, that's good to hear because I mean that's what was concerning me. I'm like, I I agree. I think we're going to get big cotton acres for, in particular, in the southeast, which uh, Owe mentioned. I I agree with that, but I also see these prices creeping up for beans, which uh, I, I I'm going to sit here and just say I don't understand it with the kind of carryover we're projecting for soybeans. Uh, it doesn't seem like it ought to do that. But sometimes prices do things I don't expect, and I'm just wondering at what level. So you're telling me 10, 10, 20 is probably where we see uh, that switch, and that, that's good to know. Thank you. You know, you could have you could have an unchanged planting acreage number. Um, all you need to do is reduce the uh, the amount of abandoned cotton in Texas, and you've got an extra what two million acres. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of, of, of harvested ground. Yep. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's the big that's that's the big part of this is how much moisture there is now, relative you know compared to last year. We're going to start off with moisture. In fact, is I think they extended the El Nino forecast past where it was before. Where it was before was El Nino conditions going all the way through May. May, June, and July, and I think now they've got that forecast extended through the summer, which is kind of rare. Usually, those things break down in the summertime. Right. So, I mean, we it's we may have ample moisture on just a lot of acres, which means you know the times that that's happened in the past are years that we can think of as record yield sorts of times in West Texas, where you get dry land yielding two bales to the acre, and you got bales stacked up at the Sweetwater warehouse, stacked up outside like the pyramids. <laughs> Any other comments as we wrap up here? I don't. All right. Well, let's uh let's wrap it up then. We want to thank our sponsor once again, FiberMax and Stoneville Seed for making this program possible for you. We want to thank our speakers for joining us. Uh and we want to thank you our listeners and that is it. Uh, We appreciate you joining us for this edition of the Ag Market Network.